The Why Me Project, an exclusive presentation of Faith Strong Today. Episode number 205. Six. Thanks. Thanks, Thanks, Holly. It's it's a good thing you came to practice. Uh, We say this all the time, though, that if there is somebody that you would like to hear on the show Mm -hmm. to reach out to us, whymeproject.outlook.com. So here is an email from Alex. It says, Johnny, Holly, I know you guys love music and different music styles. You should check out a man by the name of Brandon Murphy. I would love to hear his heart. You see if you can get him on the show from Alex. So Alex, without further ado, my friends, Mm -hmm. Mr. Brandon Murphy. Alex, I'm your biggest fan, Alex. Aww. <laughs> it was weird. His last name's Murphy. Sounds like your brother, but we're not here to judge. Uh, Brandon, <laughs> we like to ask the skill testing question because we never know where it's going to go. Who are you and where did you come from? I am Brandon Murphy, and I'm a singer, songwriter. Uh, I come from the state of Georgia, a small town in Georgia. I live in Raleigh, North Carolina now. From what I've been told from others is that you and I if we were to ever meet, would be best friends because if music is not your number one passion, sports is your number two passion. Got me, Johnny. Absolutely. Okay. I'm a huge sport. I, I tell people all the time, I, I, um, I know three things and really like nothing else. Jesus, music, sports. Don't ask me about anything. I really don't know anything about anything else. I'm just pretty much guessing. But, uh, but those three things I <laughs> are pretty major key for me. Holly, what's my three? Faith, family, football. I got that right. You, you'd be a great redneck because that's kind of their, uh, it's kind of their three, too. I got to move down to the I south. I can say that. that right now. Yeah, you, you were born in the wrong place because I can say that because I'm from there. But that, man, it just sounds like, a, just sounds like Bible Belt language to me. Was music always a love or did you come to the realization later on in life that, dang, I got a talent? Uh, Music was music was always a love for sure. Um, I didn't know I was any good at it because my some of my earliest memories are like going on family trips, like road trips in the car with uh, my dad and my and my brothers. I would like, you know, have my headphones in, but I would sing the songs like out loud (laughs) Of course, like my brothers are like, dad, tell him to shut up. (laughs) But my dad, like he would only tell me to stop when they were about to like lose it. Like their first two or three times, like saying, hey, you got to you got to tell him to be quiet. He would just let me sing. And I've actually thanked my dad. Like, hey, dad, thanks for like letting me still sing, even when they were like annoyed the first couple of times, because it was it, it just helped me like work that muscle of like singing. So I've always like loved music. Whenever I've heard music, even as a kid, like I would just always try to sing along with it. Just love, just in me. I just love it. Didn't know I was good at it probably until later on, like elementary school, late elementary school, probably. Yeah. Well, growing up for you, you've got brothers. Uh, how was life in the Murphy household? Life was, um, life was, life was good. Like we were blessed. I do come from a broken home. So when I say brothers, that's, that's brother and stepbrother. Uh, my parents divorced when I was four or five. So it's like, those are some of my earliest memories. So that was, that was tough. That was um, definitely traumatizing for me as a kid. Um, you know, and I just say that cause I know like at some level we all come from broken homes. Right. So, but um, God was very gracious, very kind. Like, even though that was a situation and it was um, very difficult, um, I would describe like my upbringing, very blessed. Um, I'm adopted as well. So oh. 
Um, that's a, a different layer too, that the older I get, the more I realize just how miraculous that is and just seeing God's goodness in that and a, a very, very blessed upbringing, even though there was brokenness all around me. Yeah. Did you know where were you told at a young age that you were adopted or were you told later on? Yeah, I, I've always known. So I, I think my parents just did a really good job of like putting that in front of me, making it like, Hey, you know, this is, you're special. Like, you know, we, we got to choose you, you know, kind of thing. And yeah, I think when it's done that way, it's, it's, uh, it's a real blessing. Growing up in that situation. I mean, you'd say it's a real blessing, but now that you're older, uh, looking back, do you ever have a, a, that sense or that wonder of kind of where did I come from? You know, kind of being in that situation like I came from a broken home so I didn't grow up with the uh, Trinidadian side of my family so often I'm wondering well is this a trait from that side and I would love to know more do you ever have that curiosity so it's crazy because um when I I got married oh almost seven years ago now that's crazy she asked us to ask you that question so yes so now you're prepped ready to go so for that anniversary. I, I, I won't give that, I won't give that away. We'll edit that out. But anyway, my, my <laughs> wife, when we got married and she, you know, she of course knew that was part of my story. Like she's been like way more like intrigued and like on a mission to like help me find my parents than I have. I care. I mean, I, I, I probably care so much because she cares now, but it's, it's, it's funny that you asked that because in the last year we've started the process of trying to find biological relatives. And, um, I did 23 and me, um, I did ancestry.com their, their DNA kit as well. And haven't really, the, the closest thing I found was, a uh, um, was like a possible like first or second cousin and he was adopted too. <laughs> so, so we both have like the same issue. Um, but, uh, there, there's still some things actually I've, I've like posted about it on social media. A couple of people have reached out to me and have been like, Hey, there's this, um, there's this agency you can try because you were born in Georgia. So I'm, we're, we're looking into that now. And, um, there's still some, some steps we can take. So hopefully, um, you know, I, I just, I would just love to find my, my, my mom, especially, um, the only thing I know about her is that she was a teenager, uh, from Savannah, Georgia, you know, so Savannah, uh, means something a little different to me now. It, it's different for sure. And, uh, you know, I just want to find her and tell her, thank you for choosing life hmm. and just to let her know, like, no matter what happened, you know, I, I, I hold on to Jeremiah one five that where God says, but before you were in the womb, I knew you. Um, and I, and I, I, consecrated you he told jeremiah i appointed you obviously to be a prophet to the nations but just just in that like god not only knows us in the womb but he knows our purpose he knows our life from beginning to end and and so just to be able to connect with her my dad or whoever else to say you know god is sits enthroned above every decision that you make and you know i want you to know i'm okay and i want you to know um that my journey has led me to know who Jesus is and I want you to know him too. And so it would just be an amazing thing to be able to share the gospel with them and, and just let it, just to say, thank you. You know, I got goosebumpies right now, man. I know. I mean, <laughs> this, this is like all fresh on my heart. Cause we've been thinking uh, about this as a family lately or my, my, my wife and I, so sorry to get so deep so early. <laughs> no, it's good. Though. I, like I it. mean, 
yeah, yeah, you you can you can pivot one of two ways. You could be incredibly angry about it and that, you know, mom gave up on you, but you see it more as, hey, thank you for choosing life. You've given me an opportunity. Yeah. You gave my my stepmom and dad, my mom and dad, an opportunity yeah. to have me in their life. And I mean, look what you've turned it out to be. And I mean, now yeah. married and kids and a musical career. So I, I think that you could have pivoted one of two ways. And yeah. I know that you're diving through it, but it's still incredible to see. Yeah, I have no anger in my heart. I have um, I have nothing but thanks, like Thanksgiving. Like, I just feel so thankful because because like, you know, you don't know about like the horrors of abortion and things like that. When you're a kid, like you don't know that like that's the juxtaposition, like that's where she and not not. And the other thing to know, too, is like not everyone who is adopted you know, their parents were making the choice between abortion and adoption. So we don't need to like take it to that extreme. But if she, if she was considering that now that I'm older, the, the older I get and the more, the more horrors I see um, with, with abortion, um, the more thankful I am. How could I have anything other than just like joy and like, I would be excited to connect with her and just, yeah, say thank you. There's nothing else inside of me, but thank you. I'm hoping to see an episode now of Who Do You Think You Are? <laughs> With you in it and your wife yeah. going through that journey because it's it's kind of cool to un- uncover uh, your past and you know yeah. more about your story and to see how it all links together. But you mentioned faith and how you know God is such a huge part of your life. Yeah. Uh, that part of your story, when did that start? I grew up in Georgia, so you grow up in the Bible Belt. It's impossible not to... Uh, not to just be around at least churchianity, maybe not Christianity, but definitely churchianity, as I like to say. So I was very churched uh, growing up. And, and you know, I did hear the gospel in, in the church that, um, you know, my family went to. But being around like that, I feel like that, you know, can be also more dangerous because then church and Christianity and things like that just become cultural um, just parts of society that like everybody kind of fits into. And of course I'm a Christian because who wouldn't be, you know, and like, that's not the way the Bible lays out following Jesus. And so I had to like, understand, I had to fight through all of that, the cultural stuff. And I had to like evaluate my heart, like over time as a kid growing up. So like in, in the sixth grade, my mom was like, she's, we say this too in the South, bless her heart. Um, but my mom, God bless her. And with, with all of the best intentions was like, I think you're old enough to be baptized. That's literally what she said to me. So it was kind of like, we go to church. I know, you know, you're old enough now time for you to be baptized. (laughs) So like I went through the whole thing and prayed to pray to prayer or whatever. And, um, got baptized and was a wet sinner for about, five more years. And, uh, just be, just because it, that, that wasn't my decision. That was my mom's decision. You know, I get to high school and I'm dealing with all kinds of temptation and I'm just like, you know, I'm dealing with being one person when I'm at church and then being another person when I'm at school and on the baseball field or, you know, playing, playing sports or doing music or whatever, trying to fit in. And I just, I could fit in everywhere. I could win wherever. It was actually through centrifuge summer camps that I think the that I actually went like after my ninth, tenth grade years. 
where I like really heard the gospel, where it was really like my, probably my, the first time the scales were removed from my eyes that like, you know, this is a, this is a, a decision that I have to make to put my faith, to repent of my sin and put my faith in Jesus. And this is, you know, not something that is just a cultural thing. And it was, and, and it, what started making sense to me is like how much conflict there was like in my heart from Sunday to Monday to Tuesday to Wednesday that like, you know what I mean? Like I just was just so many different people. And so along with that, when I was in the ninth grade, um, a friend of mine who was in the eighth grade, he came home, it was a summer day. He came home from like football camp and um, came home from practice and died in his kitchen in a matter of moments. He had an enlarged heart that no one knew about and his heart exploded and he died in a matter of minutes. Um, wow. House, just life, just gone. That also made me like think deeply about life, death, faith, the scriptures, things like that. So those two things put together by the time I, I became, uh, I was 17 years old and um, honestly was just scared to die and wanted to get things right. Uh, you know, there wasn't a whole lot of um, richness. <laughs> uh, I, I just didn't want to die apart from Jesus. You know, that was pretty much it. That's what brought me into the kingdom. And since then I've you know, I've grown since then, but, um, yeah, I always say I was saved at 17 when all of that kind of came together for me. And I said, Jesus, I don't, I don't want life without you. And, um, so that's when I really surrendered my life. Usually I have a two part question, but for the first time ever, I have a three part question. Part, okay. Part one to this. Write these down. No, no, no. I got you. <laughs> okay. Part one to this question is, uh, so you're singing in the vehicle. Dad is, you know, encouraging you to do that. Who yeah. was the musical influence at that time? Primarily the Beach Boys. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> but, Not but see that coming. But you didn't expect that. No. <laughs> so my my um my parents, uh I like I said, I'm adopted. My, my parents were older um when they adopted me. And so um they're oldies fans. And so like my dad you know, he definitely like I, I did have a, a great foundation when it comes to like music listening just as a kid, because he introduced me to the Beatles and then a lot of like Motown groups. And um, so like the Temptations listen to a lot of that, like as a kid. And then I had both of my brothers are older. My stepbrother is seven years older. My brother is is three years older. And so I just you know, when you're in the house with them, you just, whatever they have, you just receive it. You know, it's like, you don't really have your own stuff. You just kind of play off of theirs. And so I was listening to stuff that was like, I should not have been listening to <laughs> at, at, at seven and eight years old. I'm like listening to Tupac and, uh, you know, my brother, both of them were like into like grunge, uh, rock too. So like, um, anything from gangster rap to, grunge rock to like just alt pop stuff like i was i was super into nsync um i loved that's what that's what i thought the answer was going to be by the way yeah (laughs) (laughs) my uh my affinity for justin timberlake goes back a long way (laughs) okay so then part two to that was so then you you come to the realization that you have this talent that Mm -hmm. uh, you have this voice uh, was Christian music kind of the next step? Like I want to be in music, but I also want to do Christian music. Yeah. So I, a lot of that kind of came together like around the same time, because, um, also when I was 17, 
um, it was like, you know, junior year of high school. And like one of my teachers had us to, to do like this career project where it's like, mm-hmm. you know, you did that in school too. Like, let's try to figure out what you're going to do with your life at 17. And yeah. like, there were just all these options for us to like choose from to do a project. And I didn't want to do any of it. I just had no desire. And I like came to the conclusion, like, and I was like singing in some like garage bands or whatever at the time. And like, you know, just picked up a guitar the year before and learning stuff with my friends. And, and I told my best friend, I was like, I think I want to sing for a living. Like I want to be a singer. And he looked at me and he's like, you have to be like really good to do that. You know, that's encouraging. uh, Bless your heart. That's condescending. (laughs) I don't know what condescending means at that age, but that's what that is. So I've never forgotten that. (laughs) I actually tell that story a lot in interviews and stuff. So Anthony, if you ever see this, but yeah, so like becoming, knowing that like I wanted to do music for my career and then becoming a Christian, I was just kind of like, and that was really like the year before that, maybe two years before that was really like my introduction. I didn't even know Christian music was a thing because I'm from a small place. Like I'm not, you know, and we didn't, I wasn't surrounded by that. I didn't know. I knew church music because we went to church. I knew hymns and worship music and things like that, but I didn't know Christian music was like a, a thing. I really didn't. At 17, yeah, I just, I was like, I just started to like, you know, listen to so much uh, Christian music, worship music, things like that. And I was like, yeah, I guess this is my path now because I'm a believer, you know? So, yeah. Okay. So part three. So now that you're in the the Christian music industry, and I mean, you do have a a sound of uh, many different talents because you can sing and then you do the rapping thing and you have a pop. And do you, do you find that there's a comparison? Do you compare yourself to maybe others in the industry? Like, Oh, I really like what Torn Wells did, or I really appreciate what (laughs) insert person did here. Or do you kind of just go into it saying, I'm going to be Brandon. And that's just who I am. I would say yes. And no, like, I think, when I, you know, signed my first record deal and things like that, like, I think my, um, my goal was to not be like anyone, you know, just thinking like, I, because I, I, I do think I'm unique um, to be like all of those, the things that I do, like coming together, I think is a little unique, but I do love, you know, what Torn Wells does. I love Torn. He's a, he's a great guy. And, um, you know, obviously love is me. I would like compare myself definitely to him. He's like mm. maybe one of the few that I, that I, I would compare myself to. Um, and there's others who are super talented. I, I just feel like I'm, I'm different than a lot of people. And so I say yes and no, because like, that's all, that's been like really challenging to me too, to like find my, my lane and my people. And at times like been harder to build relationships in the industry. Cause I, mm. I don't feel like I have a lane that certain other people have, but there's a lot of people I look up to a lot of people that I respect um, in the industry for sure. And, and who are influential. We've been seeing a lot just with artists, even pastors um, going through seasons of life very publicly where they're essentially deconstructing their faith and really making and asking a lot of questions. Do you find that um, you do that through your music as well? Or, um, so I'm just kind of curious about just that part of your faith and growing up in the 80s and 90s. <laughs> There's a lot of things I think we all are like questioning and wondering. So how much does that play into um, your life, but also the creative side, too? I think that's the essence of like being an artist and making art is asking questions. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think that's where it all starts is 
we're either asking like, what is this? What's going on? Or what should this be? What should be happening here? What should we be seeing? And like art, hopefully, uh, and a lot of times, like you'll hear in my, in, in my art, at least up to this point, like I actually use songs to, to ask some of those questions. Some of, some of those things, like I, I don't resolve them, you know, because I think there's a place for just asking questions. I think there's a, just, there's a place for art being the instrument to catalyze conversation and catalyze progression, um, progression towards Jesus and his heart. You know, I think that's what we're seeing right now, like in the church. It's like there's a lot of pruning going on right now. The only one way to be pruned you don't get pruned by getting a massage. You get pruned with shears. Is that the word? Shears? Yeah. Big yeah. scissors, right? Yeah. Or little scissors. Or, or you know, little needles. Like, you only get pruned by being cut. I see that happening right now. But I also, but I, and, and, but I think, like, I don't think. I know I'm 100% confident that God is showing us. He's showing the church his heart. And he's making our hearts more like his. And in, in the pruning, there may be, you know, if you read John 15, like Jesus says, any branch in me that does not bear fruit, my father burns. He throws into the fire. But any branch in me that does bear fruit, my father prunes so that they will, so that they will bear more fruit. That's what God's after. He's not after throwing us away. He's taking the church that is bearing fruit and saying, no, I need you to bear more fruit. And in this society and with all we're facing right now, this is not a mistake. I need to prune you so that we can bear more fruit. You know, this is a very important time for for our society. And it's a very important time for the church too, to respond well and to respond in love and to learn and grow along with, you know, with everybody else and to really get close to Jesus and listen to his heart. That's definitely happening in my life. I'm thankful for my church that we're, uh, I'm actually, I actually lead worship at my church, the Summit Church in Raleigh, Durham, North Carolina, and um, and we're having a lot of those conversations. Like we're, it's it's what I love. Like we're not we're not backing away. The, the church we cannot back away from these things. And uh, yeah, I can talk about this a lot because I'm I'm so passionate about a lot of things that are that are going on. But yeah, I think I think you're going to see more of that in my music too. I think it's important for Christians to speak to the culture. Do you find that once you got married and had kids that you changed maybe a little bit in the songwriting or in the way that you're doing music? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> it's impossible to get married and have kids. And, and if you, if you want to be a good husband and a good dad, it's impossible not for everything in your life to change. Um, and for all the right reasons. And so that's definitely happening. My, I mean, just my approach, my the my time, the way I spend my time, the way I think about, you know, music and who it might, uh, who it might reach. Yeah, like I, it's it's definitely changed. I'm really interested to see what this next season holds because there's a lot in my heart. Well, this is the Why Me Project podcast. So we were talking about you know asking questions. So I'm going to ask you the question of. What is a why me moment in your life that you can share with us today? Oh man. Okay. Which one? <laughs> yeah. We, the, the better question is which one? I feel like there's why me's probably every day, definitely every week that happened to all of us. So it's just something recent to me. Like I don't have to go far to find a, a good example. My mother-in-law, my, my wife's mom is uh, maybe the greatest human being I've ever known. She's the godliest woman I've ever I've ever known. 
she um there are times when i've thought you're not a you're not a human being you're just an angel mm-hmm. just in in human flesh and uh just disguised you know but <clears throat> she's so special to our family she's she's a treasure to all of us she's like the glue you know for our family in a lot of ways and we all look up to her and she i mean even i'm her son-in-law but she calls me her son and she just she'll call me just to talk to me, to pray for me, to leave me voicemails of like, who leaves voicemails anymore, by the way, <laughs> my mother. She does. <laughs> she does. And, uh, she's, she's, she, but she also, she does the audio text too. Now I actually have, I'm not, I'm not joking to you. I have two audio texts from her right now that I haven't listened to. I guarantee you she's talking to Jesus about me. That's who she is. And she, um, we found out in January that, um, she's been diagnosed with cancer for the third time. This is her third battle over the last 15 years. Um, right in the, you know, we're still in the pandemic. We haven't seen them in like over a year. And, um, you know, Ashton, my, my wife's name is Ashton. She misses her family, misses her mom. And then we get a cancer diagnosis and it just makes that darkness so much darker. You know, it's like when you, when I think about Tammy, my, my mother-in-law, it's like, she doesn't deserve this. Like that's my, that's my, like my fleshly thought, you know, it's like this woman leads people to Jesus. She leads me to Jesus like every day. Like she loves my kids. She's like, she's just such a great person. Why? Maybe not why me, but why her? But, but we are even in that, like asking why me, like, why is this happening? Why is this happening now? Why is this happening again? And I, as crazy like as this sounds because we're a few months in now and we've just seen God like move the prognosis thankfully is like hopeful for her again um and and it's because of a few miracles that have happened to like give her a a strong prognosis a hopeful one but we have just seen God move in her and move in us and like if the Bible says if first Peter one says that your faith all of our for all of us, faith in Jesus is of greater worth than gold, you know, and then it says, which perishes even though refined by fire, right? So like faith can only become gold if it's refined by, or gold can't become gold without being refined by fire. And our faith is the same way. You don't know your faith is real and it can't become gold to you until it's tested. And it's just impossible. It just won't happen. That's just the way God works. And so you need to hear that. If you haven't suffered yeah, you, you're either coming out of suffering or heading into it. That's just life. And we don't need to be afraid of that if we belong to Jesus. Because of all of his promises, you know, the most famous one, he works all things for the good of those who love him. But like what we're seeing in our life is like with everything that's happening. I heard my wife pray this actually the night before my mother-in-law went into surgery to remove these tumors. I heard my wife pray, Jesus, having you is better than a cancer-free life. And it struck me, you know, like, how could she, this is her mother. This is like the most, you know, she's just so dear, right, to her. And um, how could she say that? Because Jesus has proven himself to be better to her than any level of suffering with any person that we love, be it the, the, the person you love most, other than me. She loves me most, hopefully. Of course. <laughs> of course she does. But, you know, like 
it's the it's her suffering that it's like made her who she is. Like I look at my wife and I say she's the strongest person I know because of how she suffered and and trusted Jesus through it. And you know, like that's happening in in our lives in in my own life too now. And like I just wouldn't trade it. Like I don't want her to have cancer. I don't want. I wouldn't want this at all. I also wouldn't trade what's happening in our hearts right now and what's happening in our worship. You know, it's a good reminder that no matter what we're going through in life, that this world is not my home. Oh, and facts. This is my kind of my kind of thing. Yeah, it really is. It's like people don't want to hear your like people's pat answers or the rehearsed answers. Everyone's hurting so much. So like, let's just get real. Absolutely, and that's why I, I. wanted to go where I went with that question. Cause man, I, I'm trying to listen. I have like, not because of COVID, but like during the pandemic, I live, I have never seen more suffering in a, in a matter of 13 months. Mm-hmm. Like I have just, it's, it's all around me. And, and like I said, like very little of it has to do with COVID. One of my best friends, my best friend's wife uh, lost his, lost her dad in like, uh, died in a car crash on the way home. That had nothing to do with COVID. He just died in a car accident on the way home. Another friend of mine, his, he lost his mom. Uh, she had a heart attack. It had nothing to do with COVID. She just had a heart attack and died. Yeah. Like, I know, I know four different families that have been hit by cancer before ours. Again, nothing to do with COVID. It's like, it has been uh, such a heavy year, which yeah. is crazy. What does the next season hold for you? Because I mean, we're dealing with a, a pandemic. We don't know when any of this is going to end. You're touring and that is different. Uh, do you have any hopes as to what it looks like? Or do you already kind of know, hey, this is what you know, 2021 or 2022 is going to look like? I, I don't really know. Um, that's the easiest answer. There's more music that's going to come out. I just actually... Um, talking to my team about some of that earlier uh, to earlier today before before we got on this call um, about a song I'm really excited about and and um, just working on who's going to feature on it and um, excited about some of those names that were tossed around uh, but I can't share that here <laughs> you can you're choosing not to you're self editing Brandon uh, we can throw out names. And Indeed, then you can say yes or no. <laughs> Blink twice if. <laughs> um, what genre of music is this person? Christian. There you right? go. Oh, stop prodding. Christian rock, say. Christian screamo, Christian hip hop, Christian country, Christian. I said gospel. what I said. <laughs> okay. Um, but for me, just putting out music and, and, um, you know, that's really been like, this has been an important time for me to like um, get new music and kind of like the next, uh, the next phase of like who I am, where I am right now to people, you know, like I put, I had, I made a, made an album a couple years ago, put out some singles and now it's like kind of just turning the corner, like taking the next steps. And that's like getting songs to people. So like, that's the, the main focus this year. And hopefully that leads to 
performing again. <laughs> I yeah. missed it a lot. I, there's not really much uh, on the horizon for that, but hopefully, yeah. Um, the kids are like, Dad, we've seen the show again. Stop. We're trying to watch. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I am so thankful to be home as much as I have been. And just, man, this season with my kids like, um, and my wife, you know, it's just been so special. But I do miss performing. Like, I hope I hope that happens again. At Brandon Murphy on all socials, brandonmurphy.com. Make sure you check out uh, his latest and all the updates. My friend, we appreciate you taking some time. Thank you, guys. It was a pleasure. Appreciate it. I'll say this, that it honestly felt like we just sat down and we had coffee with an old friend, even though we've never met Brandon before. I know he's such a just real down to earth. What do they say? Salt of the earth kind of person. Is that the right yeah. analogy? <laughs> he seems like that kind of guy. And it was just nice. I mean, what I wish is that we shut off the microphones. We we're, we're running out of time, but we still had, a, I had a chance to pick his brain on a couple of things. I kind of wish that we would have been able to keep all of that. It would have been really great just to see. I mean, he is the same guy on mic as he is off mic. Yeah. Just truly authentic. And I just love his heart and just his passion, not just for music, but for people. Now we just have to convince him to like us on all the socials. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> We're not very cool right? in real life. <laughs> we got to get a blue check mark or something. How do we get that? I have no idea. It looks so fancy though, hey? Make sure that you download on places like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and also all of our social medias. We have, I think, everything except for YouTube at this point and no TikTok. Okay, so you really just yeah. have Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Just the basics. I don't understand a Tikataka. So yeah. we need a social media crew to do this for us. I think so. So, hey, if you're looking, <laughs> we're not hiring, but we'll still take free work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And if it's free, it's for me. Make sure you download at faithstrongtoday.com. Yeah.